It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vests, two opinions, one based in reality and one based in what do you bet on Twitter with music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett, and with me, as per usual, I have Aaron Cheddar Talk Flottam. Hey, John. What's going on, man? Uh, so you had an engagement yesterday, um, which cool. Good for you. Glad, glad that you got out. But the tone of this podcast is going to be slightly different than if we would have recorded normally, as we would have last night. Uh, yeah. Things have happened. Things have indeed happened, uh, as it and turns not out. Not like so, end yeah. of the world things, but like it just like, what was that? <laughs> yeah, kind of things happen. Still, yeah, we'll get into all of that, all the sports related talk uh, in just a moment. But we do want to remind you that uh, we can be found on Twitter. Uh, I'm at not so humble host. I make it clear and obvious. I like to put it right at the front of the show and let you know who I am and kind of what I'm about in terms of sports talk. Uh, but on top of that, you can find this show itself has its own Twitter account, which is Scotty Johnny Pod. And uh, Aaron, I know you're on on Twitter. Uh, we just had a thing. My dad found he didn't follow you and then started. So um, where do is people that, find is you? That, is that right? <laughs> My, yeah, so. my, I was one, I think he, I think he was following me. Then maybe he forgot who I was and then refollowed me once, know. once the pressure was put on him. So, uh, John, you can find me at cheddar talk at cheddar talk. That is uh cheese cheddar, uh, talk what comes out of your mouth. Uh, that's me, bro. All right. All right. So we'll get uh, started right into everything and, uh, start this all off with a segment we like to call our main event. Starting things off with. The main event. All right, so main event, we will start with Packers talk, just because we have something for a little bit here. We won't really have much probably for a, a little while, but uh, draft mm-hmm. ended. I don't know, your feelings, I think you know, anybody who was following me knows that I was I was doing the uh, Acme Packing uh, online, which for Thursday night was on YouTube, and then after that we went to Twitter Live or Twitter Speaks or whatever. Um, It was a faster, easier way of getting things out. We had a lot of freeze-ups on the other, but we obviously lost our ability to do video, but um, plenty of good stuff there. Uh, Aaron, what's your initial kind of like, you're the gestalt of everything. What is your feeling on the whole event, the three days, and the Packers draft out? Uh, first of all, I think the draft has gotten out of control. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's a spectacle that is beyond what it needs to be. Like, it is now bigger than I would dare say the Super Bowl as far as production, because <laughs> it's a three day production. It's not just a one day three hour game with a halftime show. I mean, it's stupid. And um Okay. <laughs> just I, I can't believe that people would stand outside for seven hours for a draft pick to come in. I I, I don't understand that. Beyond that, like I, I was just floored. Like I cannot believe how much sweat and calories people put into the draft now. 
Um, it used to be we all just listened to Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay. By the way, good good to see Todd McShay back and healthy again. Um, that got a little scary. What was that last year? That yeah, last year, right? A couple weird little moments yeah. there, yeah. But yeah. yeah, so he was on his game again this year. It was good to see him because I don't mind listening to those guys. I mean, there's there's that stuff. Um, but uh, it's 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 a lot of horsepower put into an event that really means. Uh, a, I mean, it means everything in the long run because these are the future players of the NFL, but at the time really means nothing. And um, the next day, you know, Mel Kuyper is well known for not giving anything less than a C for a draft grade because you don't want to, <laughs> you know, because he understands because Mel Kuyper understands these are kids and these are their lives. And so he doesn't want to make anybody, you know, feel terrible. But I, he does go after teams. He does what's, go after that? teams every now and then, though. He's like, I don't understand. He, he does. He's like, yeah, great like, player does. doesn't match. I don't know why they did this. They should have gone after whoever. He does that. Right. He's not going to blame but Mel's, the kid. But Mel's notorious for that, and you got to watch out for the kids, too. But uh, NFL.com, I went and looked at their draft grades. Over half the league had an A- minus or better. Oh. So it's like, nobody knows. It's, it's hot garbage. And uh, um, as far as being a Packer fan goes... Um, I thought there was a lot of um, a lot of hubbub and to do about uh, the wide receiver on the first night. At any any person who who doesn't look through green and gold lenses knew the Packers weren't going to take a, a wide receiver at the end of the first round because mm-hmm. the wide receivers that were left after that run in the teens were um, not worth it for first no. round draft picks. Although it could be argued that even though they, in the second round, they traded up almost to the first round to get the other guy. Um, but yeah. uh, it was interesting only seeing one quarterback taken in the first round. They were bad. Um, I, I was surprised teams were that, um, that smart about it and that they were that disciplined because I mean, um, Willis, um, he, he ends up falling. People were talking about him back into the first round and some people threw the smoke that he might be picked uh, second overall. Mm-hmm. which was a joke. Um, but yeah, no, he goes to Tennessee and he'll sit for a year or two and uh, wait till Tannehill is gone. And that's well, maybe, a he's got, pick. maybe he's got some Russ Wilson in him. You it's know, a decent pick for um, a third round guy. You're like, yeah, okay. That's where he yeah. should have gone. Right. Um, otherwise says that uh, first round, other uh, reactions outside of the run on wide receivers. That was nuts. What was it? Six Weird. and seven picks or something like that. Six and eight picks. Um, also, um, not very popular in Minnesota. Their new GM trading with the Lions and the Packers, um, well, <laughs> and helping the Packers trade up to get to a place where they can get what they need the worst. So the Vikings helped out the Packers. Well, um, they they cheated us entirely. We gave up. That here's what I think. Oh, take that that was a terrible trade. It was a terrible mm-hmm. trade for the Packers. We moved up to get a guy who is a serious Jeff Janis vibe. And um, mm-hmm. he, he's a he played was it thirty one percent of their snaps. Um, he he's a guy who did great in measurables. Um, most of his his um, utility was being a guy who could do end arounds and stuff. You're like, I don't know if he can do it. I don't know what he can do. I don't know if he can play at this level yet. But man, we gave up uh, two seconds to go get this guy at that spot. And the worst part is they said the Packers offered those two seconds to get him. Uh, in the end of the first round. And the Vikings said, no, we're not giving you a fifth-year option. And so hmm. the Packers then offered the exact same thing to get him at the, f- at the top of the second round. The point value, if you use the Rich Hill point value system, which Evan Western, Tex Western from Acne Packing did that, uh, the Packers 100% lost on the points. 
mm-hmm. we should have gotten back as well, a, like a fifth round pick on that trade. And we didn't. Uh, we gave up more than we should have to get that. If we were trading for that, for him, that we should have traded a couple picks behind there. Uh, Vikings weren't drafting receivers. They're busy trying to find a defense that could possibly stop Aaron Rodgers and whatever else is going to happen here because their defense was terrible last year. Uh, and the Bears and Vikings both went safety corner early. Mm-hmm. And the Packers went defense too. Um, maybe just thinking but, but you know, when how, how, did, how did the Vikings make out on that 12th round pick that they gave up to the Lions? It seems like they lost that, that one. They did lost. They win that one? No, that one they what? lost on the points. That one we figured like at this point, um, the Vikings made a bad trade that helped the Lions. The Packers made a bad trade that helped the Vikings. We figured the Bears owed us uh, at that point, <laughs> and then the Lions would, you know, give something to the Bears, and we'd all be even. Who's tra- right. like two trades in division? They lost one and won one, but they really right. only care that they won that trade against the Packers. Right, and and, yeah. and, and I, I don't, and I'm not not trying to. Uh, you know, I understand that now you, you brought a lot of a little bit. We haven't talked about this yet, uh, but you did bring a little bit more light. I thought they gave up too much for that, that for second heck, round yeah. pick, um, but uh, to move up. But at, at the same time, it, it was, it was just interesting to see the Vikings, like nobody trades within their division during the draft. Right. And if it is, it's for like seventh round picks right. or it, it's the Patriots in their heyday, giving the dolphins a, uh, a, a, a you know, a trade because the Dolphins were one in 15 last year. Right. You know, so that's, I mean, everyone in the division is gunning for the Packers and, and their, and their GM is willing to let them trade up, not knowing who they're going to go get the, but knowing that they're probably going to get a wide receiver. You'd have a good idea. It was going to be Christian Watson. He's the one guy left there who was, kind of in that realm of, of being a second Borderline round pick. for a second, right, because Pickens was if, a little bit... Who'd Pickens end up going to anyways? I'm forgetting off the top of my head. Um, eh, Tennessee or somewhere like that. Um, yeah. Here's So, I mean, I guess the other thing is just, if you take away the trade, him as a second right. round wide receiver, I'm fine with. Right? I mean, right. if you take away the trade, I'm fine with him in the second. Um, the one thing that came out, was it Pete Bukowski who did the Basically, the Devontae Adams trade got us uh, Quay Walker and half of Christian Watson. You're like, <laughs> that's 100% accurate. Um, right. Of course, it made Aaron Nagler angry because he really wants this to be like, but everything is awesome. All these guys. Right. I think there's good value here I, in what they got, though. The, the two first I, round I, picks. Is, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say that, but however, comma, after the run of wide receivers and whatnot. So I was a little bit bigger on the Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt picks um, because uh, who's the guy from Seattle that they got at defensive line this year in the offseason? Um, oh, Reed, Jaron Reed. Reed. Yeah. So Jaron Reed, you know, when they got him, it was like, oh, good. You know, mm-hmm. somebody else to help in the middle. So Kenny isn't getting killed on every single play, you know, like a serviceable guy. And now you're going to go out and get some fresh legs, young guy, who's also a big guy and put him in the middle. I, I mean, he had yeah. to have been the happiest player on the Packers when Devontae Wyatt got taken. And then um, Quay Walker um, is a beast, if nothing else. And to yeah. put him next to Devontae Campbell on the inside yeah. with putting Watt along with Kenny Clark and Reed as the serviceable backup. And, you know, we still have some other. I mean, that inside of the defense just got it, it, as long as these picks work, that just got stout. 
What we just said, too, is we're like, you're not going to run up the middle on us. And our linebackers are going to clean up everything else. And we've got two good size linebackers who can both cover tight ends. Good luck throwing Uh tight ends. Um, And we'll get, you know, Jair back and Stokes and Rasul. And it's like, okay, I don't know where you go against this defense, hopefully. And if they can just put them in positions to make plays, it could be a very, very good defense. You, you tell me that yeah. you tell me that Devonte Campbell walked in the offseason and went and got a big contract somewhere else, and that Quay Walkers are starting middle linebacker. I might be like, uh, you know, great. yeah, a, but... a little shaky about it. But now it's, uh, um, holy smokes, this kid is going to get to learn, and Campbell's going to be here for a couple of years too, and so it's a good continuation plan after Campbell. Um, Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like yeah. this is like the this is like the Brewers right now, you know. They've got all these arms <laughs> and not any bats. It's like I guess we're gonna win every game seven nothing, I guess, <laughs> or seven three. That's that's how this is gonna work, you know. Why not? All the Wisconsin professional sports teams are all defensive minded now, and that's fine. Like having having yeah. had no defense for decades in Green Bay, well, like I'm yeah. I'm fine with this. And you know? I think they're also saying like our our plan after Aaron Rodgers is we need to have a bunch of talent around a very young quarterback who's coming in, uh, get him a real defense, uh, get him some young guys in that defense who are going to really you know make it easier for him, take the pressure off of him, know that he's got some help when he needs it, and then yeah we'll you know work the other things as we get to him too. He's got a you know a couple young receivers in this draft that did pick up two receivers. Um, Romeo Dubs is the other guy. And we had talked about him on the way. We even had Josh came in and talked about him too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no Dubs. I like him where we got him. Um, if he'd have been a second round pick, I'd have been mad. I think as a third round pick, I thought I would have thought he was a big stretch. But as a fourth rounder, that's fine. Uh, he's going to do some special right. team stuff. I don't think he's a particularly great route runner. Uh, it'd be nice if he can work on that, obviously, because that's going to be a big part of what they do. But LaFleur said he wanted guys who could take the top off the defense. These two guys that they drafted can do that. Um, right. And uh, Because they've got, the, they've got the the guys who can work under right now. I mean, the Lizard, I mean, yeah. isn't going to take the top <laughs> off a of defense, and he's no. de facto the number one right now. And I have, I have to apologize. So, we did draft a third receiver, actually. Um, Samari oh, Torre, yeah, the, yeah. uh, the guy from Nebraska who apparently led yep. Nebraska in yards, which is weird it wasn't that many yards but i guess he did well i just want to call him samurai it looks like samurai <laughs> but i think it's samori tori um but yeah the jonathan F- ford uh pickup that's just kind of interesting that was clearly a special teams play from what we saw uh he, he's just a giant dude basically right was he 335 mm-hmm. am i getting remembering that right Wh- which one was that yeah, 330 uh, is the big D tackle. 6'5", 333 out of Miami. Uh, okay. And they're like, yeah. Well, and then again, kind and of then guy. More, young legs at, more young legs at defensive tackle, you know. Yeah, the big thing that make, I. If you can make the team. You the know? big thing we found on him is um, he, he's kind of a guy. He kind of hangs out in the middle and does some, you know, just kind of takes up space. Uh, not a great Raz score, but he did play 91 out of 105 special team snaps and in the um, kick block team at Miami. So like, okay, all right, we need, we need guys who can do stuff on special teams. Cause that's the only reason we didn't go to the Super Bowl is we had no special right. teams. No, I mean, and you could tell that was, that was some of these, some of these picks too, you know, like uh, the, any of these guys that were taken, um, 
you got kind of got the feeling I didn't I didn't watch the draft nearly as closely as you and definitely not as closely as Josh. I know he was watching every minute. <laughs> yeah, of we were both there the whole day. He was of that age. But it kind of it kind of felt like everything beyond round four, four and beyond was this guy can play. Plus, he's probably going to be a good special teamer. Yeah. Plus, he's probably going to be a good special teamer. Plus, he's probably going to be a good special teamer. Minus the uh, Penn State offensive tackle that seems like he <laughs> was on destined to be a good offensive tackle before uh, injury issues. Yeah. So I think the Packers are taking a flyer on him still being a good offensive tackle. So uh, Kingsley Inigbari is one of the other guys I thought was interesting. That was a fantastic pick. Getting him uh, in the fifth because uh, he was real late third talent. Um, I don't know why he fell exactly. His biggest problem is uh, his, <laughs> some of the guys are saying, call him uh, USS Ingabare or Inigbari. I keep getting that wrong. I, I want to say Ingabare, like E-N-G, but it's E-N-A-G, Inigbari. Um, is is he the second? Is he the second? He is the second Kingsley that the Buck or that the Packers have yeah, but he's drafted, like right? Kingsley first name, so, yeah. So Kingsley Kiki and now Kingsley Enigbare, and it's just kind of okay, like okay, just making sure, just yeah. making sure. <laughs> he's a pass rush guy. He's got good numbers. He's got a decent pass rush. Um, but like I was saying, the one issue he really has is his uh, quickness. His three cone drill is not particularly great. So they call him the USS Enigbari because it's going to take him a long time to make that turn. But he's for a fifth round pick. It's just stealing. That that was uh, really good. I was very excited by that pick. Who else are you looking through here? Um, Walker, you already talked about the two other linemen we got seem to match exactly what the Packers do. Uh, Zach Tom, okay. who within a little while later the pa- the Bears drafted a Zachary Thomas. <laughs> of course they did. Uh, but yeah so zach tom uh out of wake what are the he, packers doing we got to do the same thing okay he, he's here's, a, here's close this is close guy out of wake he started a lot of games played center and guard played a little tackle uh sean ryan out of ucla played a lot of tackle people are projecting him to guard it's what the packers do they like guys who can play a couple positions they like guys who <laughs> really do pass block. That's the big thing. They said uh, Sean Ryan, his last two years, one sack allowed in his entire college career, two. These are the guys they're looking for. They know what they want. And and you think about like you know I think about like uh, the, the the name that's easy to remember is the Vikings took a guy in the fourth round a couple of years ago named uh, Willie Beaver, and he turned out to be nothing. He's not in the NFL anymore. However, the Packers seem to take offensive lineman in the fourth and fifth round and they turn into uh, uh David Bakhtiari. You know? Yeah. So they that, have a type. that seems to you know <laughs> or John I remember when, when Bakhtiari came out of college, it was like, well this guy came off a ten, uh, Colorado State team that was 0 and ten. Colorado, not you know, State. Co- Colorado, sorry, yeah. And like how good can he be? You know, and well it's because he was the only good person on the team. He was the Joe Thomas of that, you know, of that <laughs> squad. Um and so and so, you know, you think like with these guys like Zach Tom, you know, they're going to be brought into the fold and, you know, he'll be a serviceable starter. That's just the assumption, you know. And so and I was looking into this Rashid Walker character from Penn State a little bit. and It really seems like he was because I'm like, how on earth did the starting left tackle from Penn State yeah. fall this far? And then you look into him and it's like, well, basically, if his knee heals correctly, he'll be great. But nobody can, you know. Like this guy might have been second, third round talent, you know, had he not gotten injured. So, you know, and so 
if given the right timetable, this is another guy that has the talent to bring it back. You know, the Packers, the Packers are going to do one thing, right? They're, they're going to draft and they're going to produce offensive line. They seem to just, so. have, they've gotten a lot of guys here who top to bottom are people who are going to at least compete to be in here or find a way to contribute somewhere. Right. I don't, I mean, Samari Tari may not do anything. He may not be on this team. Right. Rashid Walker may not make this team. They, they might be just practice squad guys for a year or so and then figure mm-hmm. out what we're going to do with them next year or the year after. Tariq uh, Carpenter, the kid out of Georgia Tech, it, he is stealing Henry Black's job this year, right? As you know, he's going to be the third safety. They've got him listed as a linebacker, but he's a tweener. He's a mm-hmm. he's like a two hundred twenty pound safety basically. Well, Ur- Urlacher was a si- was a safety in college, right? I mean, yeah. So is Nick Barnett things. actually. Yeah, um, good call. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it's like it's that kind of tweener position that people use now. Like make him the third safety uh, in that nickel and things like that. And well, I remember use Raven now. Green. Raven Green was going to be our guy at that yep. position, and that just didn't work out. Yeah, know? I never but. was able to see on the field. So yeah, this is a guy who's going to look to be in that kind of area. And Igbari is going to get some rotation in there. Dubs is going to find a way to be somewhere on this team, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Watson obviously is going to play. Uh, Sean Ryan might be taking Royce Newman's spot. Who knows? We're going to see how that works out on that offensive line. Wyatt's going to play a lot. Uh, Watson's going to play a lot. And we're going to see quite a lot of Quay Walker. Uh, so, so, yeah, it's a bunch of guys who can contribute in different ways and uh, finding ways to just constantly draft just athletic guys and see how that works out. And this should be fine. So that's right. And then of course, yeah. the un- were you going to talk about the undrafteds at all? We, there was at least one notable or two notables, I guess. Well, for Danny Davis is the one up. that's fun. Everybody will remember. He will be our, uh, our new, uh, <laughs> Jake Kumaro. Uh, cause he's a Jake Kumaro or, uh, um, what's this? Uh, the other Wisconsin wide receiver who was on the team, uh, Abadiris. Abadir- yeah. 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 <laughs> so, and then I'd of love course, to see it. They, I don't see home up- kids team, but it'd be nice. Yeah, the uh, BJ Baylor from Oregon State, uh, Tyler Goodson from Iowa. Did you say BJ and the Bear? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Huh? <laughs> no, I was like, did you say BJ, BJ, yeah, and, BJ the and the Bear? Yeah, from Oregon State. <laughs> um, uh, Tyler Goodson, who is uh, familiar to yep. uh, from Iowa, who's familiar to Badgers. He's a fans. nice running back, um, I thought. He is a nice running back. Um, a lot of Badgers fans would be like, uh, yeah, but we got to see him. And he's not that great. And then you're like, but he was playing at Iowa, too. And he had yeah, so anyways, uh, so, uh, Cole Snyder, Central Florida Center, uh, another guard, George Moore from Oregon. And then um, Picked up a tight end, uh, uh, Jameer too. Johnson from Texas A&M, Caleb Jones from Indiana. Um, and yes, of course, yeah. like you said, Danny Davis, Akil Byers from Missouri, defensive tackle or and. Another guy from Utah, whatever. It keeps going. Boy, this list One, is a lot longer than I thought. Holy smokes. There's I think a lot some of, of the people that were listed <laughs> on the undrafted are actually uh, tryout people because there's more than 90 names. So I think mm-hmm. at least one of them uh, is somebody who's just going to be a tryout invite uh, who's not mm-hmm. actually on the contract because you only get 90 names on the roster, but you can invite a couple people in to try out, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, right. But yeah. Feeling good about that. We, we probably won't have anything else to really go with with Packer Talk for a little while. So I hope everybody right. enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, but. there it is. And uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, and yeah, I, I can't believe we made it through draft weekend without an Aaron Rodgers story popping up. There were several and I choose not to talk about them because I. 
Well, there were care. several, but none of them got any legs because of what happened last year. Like it was just as if like every single one was being forced and nobody is like, no, we're not talking about Aaron Rodgers. And then no, we're not doing it. They overpaid for a draft pick to go get him a receiver. And you're like, okay, we did it, man. Just shut up, would you? Like having him live uh, streaming on the, yeah, I'm just, no, we're moving on. <laughs> right. I remember we after day one, that was, that, on. was a, that was the dumbest no. thing at the end of day one. Why didn't they move up to go get Chris Olave? Chris Olave went 11. The Packers would have had to given up a boatload to get there. Like there's yeah. no way they would have gotten up that high to Chris Olave. Plus Chris Olave is not worth that, you know? Not and it was like, no. there was nobody, no receiver in the first round they were going to go get. Plus who were they going to trade with the Vikings at 12? No. Uh, nobody else, they, they weren't going to go get it. And I, I swear to God, a quarter of our fan base is mentally deficient, John. Like, the, I, I cannot. It's, it's fantasy football stuff. You know, they're like, yes. I would totally do it. It's the stuff they can do in Madden. I don't it's, know. it's Madden drafting. Yeah. Like, oh, I can do this in Madden. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, from that, uh, I was saying everybody enjoyed that. I hope everybody also enjoyed game one of the uh, second round of the NBA playoffs because game two was not the same it was game one was fantastic oh, game yeah. two is the polar opposite of game one <laughs> but you know hey game one game one was a steal you know they sold one sold one in boston man you got to do that if you're going to win the series you can't yeah. let them win both at uh, the first two at home so and uh yeah yeah no. game, game two was eerily um reminiscent of the demar rosen game from the bulls series um th- they couldn't miss from three tonight. And uh, I heard it just before I came down to start recording. Oh, yeah. Ernie Johnson said, I, I don't remember what the number was, but they've shot more threes than they have twos in this series so far. Boston has. So, um, yeah, yeah, they were, so let's, let's, let's break them down. Sorry. I, okay. I yeah. So in this way. game, game two, well, let's start with game one. Cause that's the one we want to talk about. Right. Game one, just good defense all around. Both teams just kind of in there and, I don't know. Just Giannis puts up a triple double, and that is basically the difference in this game. He's he's good enough that nobody's going to find a way to stop him from doing things. Uh, he's getting other people involved in the game, and yeah, the, yeah. the Bucks just looked sharper. I guess mm-hmm. is my big one. Just, they they were making their passes, they were running the offense, and I mean nobody shot well, but they shot considerably better than Boston did. Yeah. Giannis Giannis had a triple double on bad shooting too. Yeah, you know, he was, he was nine nine for twenty five, right? Uh, something like that. I'm trying to pull yeah. the, exactly all the numbers here. I was looking at the numbers for today. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're just they're just sad things to see. Yeah, today's game not the sort of thing you wanted to see. But anyhow, uh, going back to the the last one here, I'm just trying to get all the stats up. It's a one hundred one to eighty nine. The best part is like I put the the Bucks getting four and a half. I was like, well, it's probably be close. And I was wrong, but in the way that still wins you money. Uh, so that was nice to see. But I mean, yeah, Giannis shoots nine of 25 holiday, eight of 20. The team shoots 41%, 35% from three though, which is just okay. Um, yeah. The, the, the Celtics actually shot better from three point. They were 33% from the floor and 36% from three. Mm-hmm. Um, that they also and, put up fifty three pointers in that game too. They mind you, did they have Tatum four for nine, talking them. Horford four for nine, Jalen Brown Horford. three of nine, uh, Pritchard was two of eight. What's he doing out there? Um, but yeah, the Bucks just I mean they get eleven points from 
Allen off the bench, eight points for Connington, seven points from Carter, and that's that is the entirety of their bench scoring. They put a lot of guys on the floor, but that's the entirety of their scoring. Well, the uh, the, the big stat from game one is points in the paint. The Bucks won that thirty four to twenty. Yeah, and Steve Van Gundy was even preaching that at the end of this game, you know, because uh, Brian Anderson was uh, who was doing the play by play mentioned like, is this sustainable? And Stan Van Gundy was like, yeah, but no, like <laughs> you can't, they can't, they can't be hucking these threes because th- that's, you know, that's what, um, that's what uh, uh, coach buds teams do. They'll let you shoot the threes. You got to beat them with the threes. And that's why I said, mm-hmm. this is very, this smells like that DeMar DeRozan game uh, from the bowl series where, where they DeMar couldn't, yeah. DeMar couldn't miss. That dude was was NBA Jam. Uh, the ball starts the net on fire when it goes effect, through. Right. Yeah, he's shooting <laughs> comets and it's making the the net start on fire. That was that was the entire Celtics team tonight shooting threes. But uh, yeah, yeah. They, the the points in the paint in game one. Uh, the the Bucks really played bully ball on them. Marcus Smart got hurt. Yeah, and didn't even play in game two because it was rough and tumble down in there. And, this, and the refs are letting it go. To their credit, the refs kind are of. really kind of letting them play. It has to be pretty egregious. There's no ticky tack fouls being called. Well, it's all it, less it's, so, it's all more so it, today. A, a little bit, but still, for the most part, not a lot of ticky tack fouls. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of they're, and they're letting a lot of fouls go. Like d- dudes getting run over. And no fouls called, you know, like game one, the, 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 maybe the greatest play of Giannis's life, the Euro step with the pass to himself off the backboard slam dunk. That was also a foul and not called because <laughs> he got hacked on the way to the, on the way to the rim. Oh, yeah. They never uh, call anything that happens to him, but they sure have been calling the, um, the, the, just the offensive fouls against Giannis for guys jumping at him or guys hitting him in the face. And he's getting called yeah. There has never been a two-time MVP who gets fewer calls than Giannis. He gets, he does not get the same whistles that Tatum was getting today, because Tatum absolutely elbowed Drew Holiday in the face and knocked him back, and then drove around him. And nothing, just nothing. Mm-hmm. Giannis turned and put a shoulder into um, oh, what's his face? The the Bob guy Williams. He got Williams, him with yeah. an elbow in the chin, but at least they didn't no, it was the shoulder. They, they showed all the replays. It was the shoulder that hit him. His, well, his elbow still, was it's, up. It's still, it still got him in the face, though. So it was still but, a foul. But. Uh, it that's a pretty weak foul because it's but, less than what Tatum did. It was less know, than what Tatum Giannis, didn't get called Giannis, for. Giannis gets away with a lot too. Like Not that as dude much could as probably Tatum? be called. That dude could probably be called for a charge every time he goes down the court. You know, sure, so. but he gets called for offensive fouls more than anyone. He's the second most offensive fouls in the league. They showed that stat today. Second most. That's ridiculous because he doesn't drive to the lane more than other people. I mean, like, how is LeBron James still getting those calls more? How is Tatum getting these calls more? I mean, it it, it is crazy. Yeah, no, it it definitely is market because that's crazy. Um, It didn't cost him this game. What cost him this game is is that Giannis couldn't make a shot to save his soul today. No, he couldn't. He he was 2 of 12. He was 0 for 6 to start, man. 2 of 12 (laughs) in the first half. Uh, 0 for 12? 2 for 12. Two for twelve. I was gonna say he started zero for six. Yeah. That yeah. Was then he good. scored like the first six points of the second half after scoring five total in the first half. Right. No, um, he was on fire in this in this in the third quarter. So it got it got much closer towards the end, but 
you know, Boston pulled it, away it again. Felt, it felt like the it felt like the Bucks were gonna rubber band their way back into that thing at the end. Even when when they got it to like twelve yeah. with four minutes left, you're like, right. Yeah. Well, you felt they were still gonna lose. If you're if you're gambling, you're like, just get down to four. You know, <laughs> just get it down to four. It was still God, four and a half. You are becoming a total degenerate. No, I'm that. just saying. Let's put betting. But no, first that's what here. I said. No. <laughs> It took this long to talk about. When it's the 12, you still knew they weren't winning, right? Right. They weren't going to do it. Uh, they were not shooting well enough. They were not getting those things. They were not getting second chance points in the ways that they do when they win. Um, and and it, yeah. it's a real testament to them, too, that like they had, the, they had the doors blown off them, and yet we still thought there was maybe a chance in the fourth quarter. Yeah. When they were down by 20, 20 plus at points. They were down by 25 at half. Right, twenty five and, and, and it was just like it, it's it's it's. You, I guess you can end they, well. They end up losing by twenty three, you know. But it's like you just never think that this team's going to be out of it. But I mean, Brooke got in foul trouble. Um, nobody was hitting shots. Uh, Grayson uh, after being Grayson asked Grayson Allen after being on fire so far in the playoffs, kind of was dormant. Um, Finding ways to get Grayson Allen and Drew Holiday to drive to the to the rim is going to be an important part of what happens from here on out, I think, because right. in the end of the game, they were they were able to get through just untouched, making a couple little moves here and there. Um, and I think that's going to be important because they're definitely just trying to put four guys in front of Giannis. And then he's got to dish out and people got to hit. They shot 16.7 from three tonight. They were three of 18. You can't do, they won't do that again. And then the Celtics had the ridiculous numbers you were talking about. They're 20 of 43. They shot forty six point five percent from three. Um, that means they've shot. That means they've shot ninety three three pointers in the first two games, John. Yeah, so ninety three. They made twenty three pointers. That's sixty points out of the hundred nine they scored total. Mm-hmm. Then you say okay, and then they also had thirteen free throws. That is seventy three points out of their one hundred nine. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like that leaves you what seventy three. So twenty. You know just. 26 right no mm-hmm. no that's but, not right but here, <laughs> again right. here's this here's the stat and you know this is what steve van gundy was alluding to towards the end of the game um now i'm not an old fogey i'm not gonna be like playoff basketball you gotta score in the paint i mean we've been proven wrong that now by steph curry clay thompson and the such like you can shoot you can shoot the lights off good passing good shoot the lights out good passing get open threes kill you with threes but the Bucks outscored the Celtics fifty-four to twenty-four in the paint. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, the Bucks weren't shooting in and weren't making their threes tonight. They were three for eighteen, which is just abysmal compared to where they've been, for, except for like game one and two against the Bulls. But um, like that's even though they were like dropping four and just closing in on Giannis, like that goes to show, like it's that 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 is what's going to win them the seven game series right. is Boston going to have another 20 for 43 three point night doubtful. Well, also uh, the Bucks going to shoot 65% from the f- free throw line again. I don't think that's as likely either. Um, oh, super, super happy. The counting is back when Giannis goes to the line. Oh, again it's now. stupid. I mean, just oh Boston God. just wishes God. there was somebody who was all those Boston teams year. are trash. I hate all the Boston Shut teams. Up. Boston teams no. are terrible. Except for the Bruins. They're no, great, but Boston they're also really bad at hockey this year. But Boston sucks. It doesn't. Boston's actually a great city. It's, of no, the it's big not. cities, it's a fantastic city. 
It's like one of the nicest places. Just like they've got, go around. It's so good. They've got they've got beans in that one boxer that had a movie made about them, and that's about it. Boston is just fantastic. You just walk around it. There's just stuff everywhere. There's good food. There's fun little places to go. There's incredible history around it. It is a walkable that- city. It is. It's the only big city I've ever been in where I've stopped and looked around to try to find a sign, and somebody walks up to me and says, "Like, hey, do you need help getting somewhere?" Only big city I've ever had that happen, and it's happened to me twice. Like, you can do that in New York. People will punch you in the face. They're like, "Why are you in my way?" No, Boston's does the har- does for the a big city. Still tastes like tea. <laughs> nah, but in terms then, of in terms of big city, I don't want to live there. I don't want to live there. I like. You know, someplace a little more reasonable, but I mean, like, of the big yeah, cities I've gone to, I, because cost of living there is like astronomical. Also, I don't like yes. living in a city that big, but you know, yeah. like, I don't want to live in Milwaukee either. But you know, I like both cities; they both have real just just oh, cool I'd, cultural I'd rather, feel I'd rather, to them. I, I love Milwaukee. Don't get me wrong; public yeah. market's great. Yeah. Tr- strolling around, going down to Bayview, great. I'd rather go to Boston too. Anyways, it's a fun city. I really like being there. <laughs> if anyways. Boston was a drivable distance, I'd go there every time too. So, I just like the Bruins. This is my only Boston team that I really, really pull for all the time. But yeah, I don't know. I still feel like the Bucks have the upper hand in this series in terms of just. Right. I think the Celtics. <laughs> it, it feels weird to say this. they stole one at home. <clears throat> You know, like like they stole a game in their own arena by just having the most outlandish shooting night of their entire season tonight. Um, right. This is a fluke game. This is not a repeatable sort of thing. Uh, right. So it, I still don't feel like like this is a bad call to have you know like like felt that the the Bucks should have not only been in this but have won this. But this is going to be just a grueling series. Like the over under on this was was two thirteen and a half, and you're just like no. No, that's not going to happen, is it? We're not going to see those numbers. This is this, and and I alluded to earlier with the the DeRozan game with the Bulls. This is like um, last year with uh, this uh, with the Hawks. You know, when when they won their two games against the Bucks, it took Giannis being no Giannis wasn't hurt yet, was he? He got hurt the last two games of the series, but it took the Hawks everything they could throw at the Bucks to beat them. It took the Nets everything they had. Durant was airballing shots at the end of the game because he had no gas left in the tank. Yeah. You know, it took everything they had because the Bucks are like the mid-90s Detroit Pistons. They beat you up. They are physical. You have to work, you know, and the Bucks don't give up. Their transition offense running, you know, after rebounds, it's, it's Giannis in the open court is stupid it, it's he's a seven foot tall um undertaker gazelle, yeah. gazelle. he's yeah. like the under, the undertaker if he could run a four three forty Giannis would be the best tight end in football if he knew how to play football couldn't like, block it, though he's too not thin even, for that yeah he wouldn't be able to block but he'd be able to catch every touchdown anyhow um <laughs> but uh he's he's he lives up to the freak uh nice. moniker you know he, uh, it's you they don't stop. Bobby plays hard. Chris plays hard. Well, Chris, sorry, not Drew plays hard. Yeah. Even when Drew isn't making his shots, Drew is wearing out the guards. Connington oh, yeah. comes his in and plays hard. Yeah. They all play hard. Serge can't get on the floor because he can't play hard enough. And Serge Ibaka is one of the better defenders in the last 50 years in the NBA. Yeah. You know, like these these guys, the Bucks are just 
they are grueling to play against. And it took Boston everything they had. And they whomped the snot out of the Bucs tonight. Good for them. They came out. They punched him in the face. And then when the Bucs thought about coming back, they punched him in the face again. And then they punched him in the face one more time on the way out. You know, they, it made- took, they just kept shoving him down. And it, it, it took, like you said, 47% from the floor, 46 on 23 of 43 from three-point land, and 86%, 13 for 15 from the free throw line, and the Bucks to shoot just 65%, and three for 18 from three. The Bucks had to play terrible. Giannis started off terrible. Everything was terrible, terrible, terrible for the Bucks. Celtics had to play perfect, 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 and they, that's what it took to win. They've made 20 and, shots from three-point. They only made 18 other shots. Right. Jeez. <laughs> and, and and the and 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 the Bucks didn't necessarily play real great oh, in no, game one sloppy. as far as offense goes. Defense was excellent, but their yeah. offense, like you said, Giannis had a triple double on nine for twenty five shooting. That's not good shooting. That's almost thirty three percent. I mean, that's basic math. You know, like I'm not going to go look the, that one up. That's 40, 39% shooting, right? The and ridiculous so, like, turnovers, too, in this game. The yeah. 17 turnovers for the Bucks. I mean, the Celtics had 16. It was kind of sloppy both ways, but this is very uh, just uh, uncharacteristic for a Bucks team to have 17. And some the of them were, were so bad. Just oh, and, and weird. the steals were the, the, the Boston had ten steals. It seemed like they were getting the ball swatted away from them. They also the uh, the it was five for five. Uh, both teams had five <laughs> blocks, but it felt like Boston was interfering with every shot. There were bad passes. Uh, Javon Carter, after being great in game one. Um, yeah, was non-existent weird. in this game for the most part. Yeah, he did have I, the uh, one where he went up to shoot. There was a guy in his face, so he like turned and just <laughs> threw it to Jason Tatum so he could run the length of the floor for a, a, a dunk. And it's like, what was right? What was that? <laughs> well, and after and after game one, Javon Carter was looking great. It was like, uh, you know, a friend of the show, Pete, brought it up. He even sent me an article when uh, the Nets released him so they could get Dragic. And then Dragic ended up being worthless down the stretch. And Carter's been great for us uh, as far as defense goes and being, you know, a, a backup guard. But, uh, you know, he was gone tonight, too. Um, yeah. I, I, You know, you didn't see any, you know, Pat Coddington played okay when he was out there. Grayson didn't have anything. Wesley Matthews was non-existent tonight. You know, Brooke only scored yeah. two points, you know. So it was just, you know, uh, it was it was. It was an all-around just bad game for the Bucks, and it was game yep. two on the road. Um, Bucks are going to have three days off now. They don't play until Saturday. You know? Yeah, Giannis so, played one half of good basketball. I mean, like he he's, played one quarter of good basketball, basically. Well, he had twenty-eight points, but twenty-three of those were in the second half. A twenty-three-point second half is pretty decent, and he was. So I mean, he had to been well, nine. How many of those? Nine of what was fifteen? I think eighteen of those twenty-three points were in the third quarter, though. He was like nine of fifteen ent- in the second half. Right. His so, entire uh, output. His entire output was about a ten-minute spurt between the third and the fourth quarter. Yeah, and then kind of the fourth quarter scoring that got him down to twelve was he kind of backed off a little bit, drew the attention, and then gave the ball to Drew Holiday, who then just kind of runs in completely untouched. Or mm-hmm. Grayson Allen had uh, a couple plays there too. Yeah, he did, and that's and uh, Van Gundy was bringing that up at the end of the game too about like how um, Williams wasn't rotating off the pick and roll; he was just staying with Giannis. And towards the end of the game, the Bucks kind of figured out that oh, and that was almost a, that's when the game got close for like a half second. <laughs> 
halfway through the fourth quarter when it got down to like 12 and you're like, Ooh, and it was like, they started re- reading the pick and rolls and right. Giannis was instead of driving, he was just tossing it off the pick and rolls. He's turned into Kareem Abdul Jabbar, <laughs> you know? So not, not a bad will game. he bring out the sky hook for the next game though? That's the real question. <laughs> that would be fine. If Giannis could, they, if Giannis could get a sky hook going game over, man. That, yeah. Giannis with the sky hook, man. It, you, you couldn't touch him. No, yeah, it would be touch- impossible if he could make that shot. His fadeaway is, is pretty untouchable already. But yeah, if you could add that, there's nothing you yeah. can do to stop that. Um, he should just he should just is- get the, nobody uses the sky hook. Kareem Abdul Jabbar <laughs> is the all time scoring leader because of the sky hook. Well, yeah, and he's yeah, because he can make that well, shot I mean, work every well, time. He's yeah. a great basketball player too, but mm-hmm. he invented a shot that couldn't be blocked, and he was yeah. very good at it. You know, I, I wish Giannis maybe maybe as he progresses and doesn't turn into the bull in the china closet that just backs up to the three-point line then slingshots himself back down the lane against three guys expecting to knock them all over maybe he will develop something like that he's also got one of the best mid-range jump shots this (laughs) this year um he had one of the higher mid-range jump shots things too so that's something he else he's been working on and clearly developed over the last couple years but yeah the bucks don't play again until the seventh it does seem like when the bucks have a bad game like nothing works like yeah. they rarely have a game where something was kind of working, but other well, things weren't. When they do the that, Buc- they the still Bucks, usually they have win. A bad game. They have a they implode. Like they have a bad game all around. Giannis will still damn near get a, a triple double, you know. But everything else will just be like. Well, uh, well, when they have it, uh, we're just like, oh man, just Chris Middleton's not shooting tonight, or like, oh, mm-hmm. Brooke and Bobby aren't doing anything. They still win those games. Right. They need everything to fall apart in order to be the team that can lose like this. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've got several days here to think about this and kind of react. They don't play again till the seventh, so I, I think they'll come back. They'll get the the home game. They'll get the home crowd. I think they'll be ready for this one. I think they'll they'll get ahead again, and that should be that should be one. I think that they'll win, so that should be good. But that's kind of hopeful thinking. Uh, I think that they've got. Th- the, the scoring, and I think they kind of worked out some of the defense because, uh, I mean, just the Celtics had 65 at half and ended mm-hmm. with 109. Um, they got back to locking them down. Even though they were still hitting threes, they were just not at the same rate. Um, if they're at a normal rate of three-point shooting, the Bucks are in this the whole way, and it changes the way you play the offense down the stretch, and it would have been a whole different game. So I think it'll be a very different game when they get back to Milwaukee and they don't play the worst game ever. Right. So, and I think they'll win that one. And uh, and in full in full, Boston's a good team. They are. They swept the Nets. Well, this is what we pretty, said pretty that, pretty handily. We said this is going to be the Nets series from last year. This is going to be one like the Bucks aren't going to get them in five games. They weren't going to get them in four. Uh, this is going to be a six seven game series probably. Um, mm-hmm. So. Everybody, yeah, I mean, you know, buckle it, up, it, everybody. It, it, and full, full respect. I mean, like, in full respect to the, to, I mean, the Celtics could win this series. Yes. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. Like this, you know, and that, that's it. You know, it's like they said that. You know, it was between in with Boston playing the Nets in the first round, and then this round. Those are probably the two best series, Boston Nets, and then which wasn't a good series because they just blew the doors off that one because the well, Nets are are, are, they didn't are win a paper, by a lot on paper, any single game. A completely paper tiger at this point. They didn't win uh, any of those games by just walking away from them. They they did manage to win them. That's all. Oh yeah, yeah. no, they did. But I mean, it was they it won was, all four. You know, <laughs> it showed that it showed that the Nets aren't 
are aren't as as good as they are too like it was you know like they've got they've got some of the guns but like like i said it's very paper tiger you know it's like Mm -hmm. on paper it looks great but it's maybe not and the celtics worked their butts off to beat them don't get me wrong but they did they swept them you know and that's that says something the the bucks couldn't sweep the bulls so you know after being you know eight or four and oh against them in the regular season they still managed to give up one game now did they walk away with the last three yeah pretty easily but uh (laughs) no so so the celtics uh celtics nets didn't turn out to be the series it was going to be and because of that if the nets would have actually taken them seven i don't know if they'd have any gas left to go up against the box but because they swept them and and have some time off a little time off um because they decided to play the first part of the series really early um, mm-hmm. and then give them three days off. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really think that, yeah, it's going to be, yeah, it, th- you're right. This is, and for the second straight year, the best series in the entire playoffs, except for the finals is going to be round two of the Eastern conference. Well, unless so, sons warriors turns out to be something that's going to be like that. It, oh my God. The that warriors, could, that could be warriors out of nowhere. Like, Oh, hi, we're back. Oh, where have you been the last three years? Well, oh, had a lot of injuries. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, so you're so you're so you're telling me that you're coming off the bench now? No way. That's awesome. Oh, Porter. Who's this guy? Oh, he's better than you. No way. Yeah. This is great. What? A, yeah, it's been a weird team, but that team is really good. Oh, uh, we'll move yeah. over to the other Milwaukee team now, though. Uh, the Brewers win again today. Uh, they get a six-three yeah. win against Cincinnati uh, at home. Uh, we get. Uh, 95 pitches out of out of uh Woodruff today so you get Burns really yeah, no Burns was the other day and that one oh. did not go the way it should have that was the uh two to nothing loss to the Cubs yesterday <laughs> no or not yesterday this, the day before there's not enough Burns talk on here yeah right? Burns Bugsy <laughs> Boudreaux <laughs> Boudreaux sorry I'm just looking through all the the pitching stats uh we've got yeah five and two-thirds from Woodruff gives up Gives up all three earned runs, but still uh, holds on there. And uh, still K, Ashby still came K's in. Tw- still K is 12, by the way. Yeah, Ashby came in. He'd gotten a couple chances to start a few. He came in, got uh, two and a third, uh, three strikeouts. Doesn't give up anything else. Give up two hits, but that's it. Williams came in and had a, a clean inning. No hits, one strikeout. That's nice to start seeing because Williams has worried me this year. Um, he worried me early a little bit last year too, but uh, he's really pulled this in uh, today. Hopefully, this is a start well, of a, a trend. Lot of, a lot of things got put into question with him when he broke his hand just before the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm hoping this is the beginning of a trend. Uh, Brewers get get uh, three early. Well, in the third inning, they put up three. Reds put up two. Brewers match it with another two. Um, Reds came back in with another run late, and then you know Rowdy Tellez knocks out his fifth home run of the of the series or season. Pardon me, of the season in the eighth to make it the six three final. Six heat hits each team. Adamas also added his sixth home run of the year. So that's some things are starting to come around on this team. Not mm-hmm. all of them, as well. I guess you know. Adamas goes what one for four gets the uh, gets the home run three RBI. Yelich uh, goes over two, but he gets two walks. Uh, that's something because it shows he's really watching a ball. He's really seeing a lot more. 
He's he's trying to work counts more as as he has been less effective in the last you know year and a half. Teams aren't just trying to pitch around him as much, so he's got to find those pitches and really find a way to just hit it. Uh, stop worrying about driving it so much as putting it in play and getting it somewhere where it can be useful. So that's the you know it's like it's looking a week back here, but that grand slam that he hit against the Pirates was it where he put yeah. that thing about 20 rows up in the second deck in right field. Mm-hmm. I don't think he hit a ball like that at all last year. Not many. And Didn't feel like it. Not not, not any real just, and he's kind of been striking the ball. Uh, I don't he's have hitting players. it hard. He's been I don't, hitting I, hard. I have, I have, I have leaders in front of me right now, not, uh, not hitter or uh, not team stats. Cause I was trying, I was going to talk about burns and his strikeouts, <laughs> but uh, um, uh, yeah, no, it seems like, I don't know what Yelich's average is right now, but uh, it does seem like he's hitting the ball. And like you said, getting walks is a good thing. Well, yeah, he's batting like 213 right now. But I mean, like, yeah. yeah, he is driving it hard. He's just not getting hits. That's That is not happening just yet. Right. And so, but I mean, we talked about this during the pre, pre-podcast talk too. The Brewers now have are 16 and 8. That means only... Two teams have a better record them in, than them in all of baseball, and that's the Yankees and the Mets. The Yankees are eighteen and six. Uh, the Mets are eighteen and eight. The Brewers have sixteen wins, and there's a whole bunch of teams that have fifteen wins. So not a whole bunch of teams, just a couple teams. But <laughs> <laughs> then the Central. NL, then the NL West is looking like uh, the uh, right. uh, the NBA Eastern Conference. They have. <laughs> The five teams are between 15 and 12 wins. Um, but uh, uh, no, so the, the, the Brewers are one of the better teams in baseball right now. And it's uh, it's it, it's all the, it's the pitching, man. Yeah, it really it is. is. So the Brewers are 18th in team uh, OPS right now. Right. 18th in OPS. Uh, let's see where in average uh, they are. Oof, I'm, key, I'm still scrolling. They're 25th in average. So it's, I mean, but they're seventh in home runs so far. Yeah. Just, I mean, they, 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 chicks dig the long ball. And so, and as far as, as far as their pitching goes too, I mean, Corbin Burns, number one in the, in the NL in, uh, uh, no, all of major league with strikeouts with 43, mm-hmm. um, Eric Lauer. Hello. He's number eight. I in all of so baseball. happy with him. Yeah. He, him he's coming through in, in that five home. And then as far as, strikeouts per nine innings Lauer's number three in the major leagues for that burns is six and uh woodruff is not cracking the top 25 yet but i mean it's like hello <laughs> eric Lauer. you know how are we doing good nice to meet you you know it's like holy smokes like we knew this guy'd be good but holy he's brewers are he's, fourth in era and second in strikeouts Right, I mean, like, yes. yeah, that pitching is is really pulling. They are sixth in whip. They have a team whip of one point one four, and yes, mm-hmm. to be clear, some of this is playing six games against the Pirates already, and now getting our first game against Cincinnati. Which actually, I don't know if those those numbers include the Cincinnati game from today yet. But yeah, I mean, Woodruff gives up three, and he's three and one with a five point one eight ERA, and there's Burns. Who had a you know, a two run seven inning game the other day and gets the loss and you're like come on right exactly <laughs> it's, it's it's just it's baseball 
<laughs> just it's like going back to talking about going to back to talking about the Brewers or the Packers drafting uh, uh, the linebacker and the, the yeah. defensive tackle in the first round. It's like, well, I guess we're just going to win every game seven to zero. Yeah. You know, it's same or three to zero. It's the same thing with the Brewers. It's like they're the only team that can they can roll out the best pitcher in baseball in Corbin Burns and yeah. lose two to zero. Like because <laughs> they want to. No. They've, they're they're good at pitching and they're good at defense and they can't hit. <laughs> I this team has to trade for somebody at some point during this year, right? I don't know. I mean, like, what are you going to trade? What have you got? And uh, you, you kind of well, hope at certain points. How, how many too, more years do we have Burns for? If you trade Burns, what are you going to win with? <laughs> like, that's what you win with. Wood, you Woodruff and Lauer. I don't know. I still like, I mean, you don't trade away your Cy Young. I'm just throwing stuff out there. That's preposterous. What I just said, but I mean, like, but you don't want to trade <laughs> yes. away Lauer either. Do you like, not particularly. I mean, he's no, been nice in that spot. All these really wanna... good starters. And I yeah. mean, between a box of burgers and then Williams, if you're trading best... anything, you're trading the guys in triple a, you know, like Mitchell or somebody <laughs> else who's doing stuff there. And you're just like, I don't want to do that just yet. Cause we've been giving all of that away over the last several years. Right? No, we don't want to do that either. So, I mean, there is some like self, like, and I agree with that. Like the Brewers farm system is so thin. It's ridiculous. And the, it, somehow they've managed to keep the good ones, you know, which is you know, a testament to the, and that's the reason why they keep winning the central with a, a minimum budget. But like, I mean, you got to get a bat, man. Like a bat. Batman. McCutcheon, McCutcheon isn't the we bat. We need to get Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get the guy with a bat and bring him in today. Yeah. So they get a couple more here against Cincinnati. So that should help out too. They're, they're 16 and, and order, 8 right now. That would be surprising. Yeah. But then they've got to go play. They're going to have a, a road trip after this uh, where they're going to go to Atlanta for three, to Cincinnati for three, to Miami for three. I think they can come out of that all right. Uh, then they'll get Atlanta again at home for three more games there, and then Washington at home. So that's that's an interesting stretch. Washington's kind of a, an odd team this year. They've won several where you're just like, I don't know where that came from. Well, today they just beat up Colorado, who Colorado doesn't do anything at this point. But Washington's been kind of an <laughs> except, odd team. Except trade their best talent to everyone. Yeah. Um, Atlanta's been very good, though. They just got beaten a double header today too by my by uh pardon me the Mets but the Mets as we just as you just pointed out are doing really well too um yeah it'll be interesting to see how some of that plays out as we come up here um beating up on the Cubs a little bit was nice getting them back for that opening stretch where everybody was really upset They're like oh man we just lost two out of three to the Cubs this team might be terrible they're like no this team's fine and you know they're, they're beating the bad teams and they're kind of hanging with good teams. They took a split with uh, with the Cardinals. They had a rough one-game set we talked about with the Giants. That was a strange one. I mean, it's just it's one of those fill-in games that we were talking about there. But, um, I mean, they were ahead for a bit and then had two bad innings. Uh, two two-run home runs, basically, and that was the end of that game. But, yeah, it's... Um, It'll be interesting to watch them. I think Atlanta's going to be the one where we're going to start seeing kind of what's going on here is going to Atlanta and then having Atlanta come here. Those will be the two series we're looking forward to for the rest of this month. Padres, too, coming up the uh, very end of this month. So that'll be interesting as well. Jack Peterson plays for San Francisco now? How did I miss that one? Yeah. No, he definitely hurt us there. Yeah, he had the one home run, I think. 
Yeah, so. I uh, yeah, he did. You know, I, I I missed that 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 one game, that Monday game last week. I missed that entirely. I didn't oh. even see. I didn't even see anything about it. I just saw that we lost. But oh, I got bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wish he played for us. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. There's yeah. a lot of guys I wish played for us. Uh, it's it's like the Grayson Allen thing. Like I hated Grayson Allen until he played for us and now I'm, like, <laughs> now I'm a big Grayson Allen Bobo like yeah no he's he's our guy yeah you know I don't care what you think he's yeah. our guy yeah he's, he's a he's guy. The villain he's the villain we didn't know we needed but anyways <laughs> yeah so I, I mean right. the, the the Brewers have uh so now with Teles tonight in the National League we've got Renfro him. Adamas and Teles all with five home runs yeah Adamas up to six now yeah oh sorry Adamas hit a six today so yeah they're all in the top ten for home runs, but they're all batting under Hunter Renfro's batting 240. And uh, I don't know how that batting average is going to go once he starts <laughs> training camp with the uh, Raiders. Might take a dip, might be that Deion Sanders thing. But uh, um, <laughs> really, yes. I yes. love that you didn't know who he was. I was like, who? <laughs> At the beginning of the season. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, big signing for the Brewers. Got Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro. The, the receiver? It's like what? the Raiders? No, he didn't. Who is this? No, guy? he didn't. That's stupid. Who is this kid? What He's been around forever, about? obviously. I just Aaron, you're smoking weed again. Anyways, uh, no. he's been a, a very nice ad. You were right. Um, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> maybe been the second best player on the team behind uh, well, be, behind Adamus. So well, Tellas has been very good so far. I mean, for uh, what you expect from him. I mean, like he's a power hitting yeah. first baseman. Who can drive the ball well? I mean, he's not going to have a 250 average when the season's over. But if he's at 215 and he puts up, you know, 30 home runs, no, yeah, I, I'd like to see year. him more toward. Let's get him more towards 250. Like this well, is, you know. yeah. But I mean, like, I'm not gonna be angry if Rowdy Telez, who we got for just about nothing, ends up being, you know, 215 and 30 home runs. You're like, okay, cool. I ain't fair enough, but like, I, I we gotta. We we got to get guys on the team, you know, hitting over. It, it's been yeah, it's but been, I'm just saying, just him. I mean, like our team batting average last year was what 240, 235 at the end of the year. That's embarrassingly low. Like yeah, that's where I say like we need Adamus to start hitting better. We need we need better at bats from you know Yelich actually has to get on base from hits, and you know Luis Urias is going to come back, and then we can stop playing Jace Peterson at third base and. uh Brasso at third base and we can start putting Urias back out there and that that'll be a boost uh, as well so if we can get those guys hitting for average tell us it's a power hitting first baseman tonight he he knows his right. role he is a 200 and what 220 pound man is what his mom keeps right. changing his uh Wikipedia page I don't know that it's her <laughs> I assume it's his mother changing his Wikipedia page every day He's... But I mean, I mean, I mean, Rowdy's lifetime batting average. Now he was never a starter up in Toronto, granted, except for one right. year. But you know, the year he started, he batted two twenty seven. But I mean, his lifetime average is two forty six, and in his limited time with the Brewers last year, he hit two seventy two. So, like, I mean, yes, yeah. I, I understand what you're saying, but like, uh, anything, like, let, let's let's pick it up to like hitting a getting a hit one every four times you go to the plate, you know? So. <laughs> All right. That's all well and good. Well, hopefully they can. Yeah, we need to hit the batting averages up. We need to get more of that. But that's we'll see how this all plays out. As long as they can kind of continue beating the bad teams, it'll keep them above water. And then, you know, find some ways to to get a couple hits here and there. I mean, they put up six today. I mean, yeah, it's it's the Reds. 
who are three and twenty now. But yeah, it, you find ways to win those games. Um, as for the rest of us, though, that is basically all we've got this week. So I'd like to thank everybody for joining us again for another wonderful week of Wisconsin sports talk. Uh, remind you again that you can follow this show on Twitter at Scotty Johnny Pod. You can follow me at not so humble host and you can follow aaron at cheddar talk i almost switched those somehow in my brain i had to stop and pause for just a split second i was like no i'm not cheddar talk you are Uh, i'm not cheddar talk you are i'm not cheddar talk don't do this to me come on brain let's go guy anyhow thank you again for everyone coming with us uh on our wonderful walk through the world of sports and uh we'll have more bucks and more brewers to talk about next week and uh hope to see you then remember whether you are on the town or on the go it is always on wisconsin this has been the scotty johnny podcast remember to find the boys on twitter at scotty johnny one or online at scottyjohnny.com thanks for listening and on wisconsin